We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we're going to have some fun with this one, partner. I know we've shared at least one legitimate Lamar Jackson trade proposal in recent weeks, and really just because it was a thought-provoking exercise at the time, but this latest one that's generating national buzz is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and Bobby, you aren't going to be alone with that sentiment because Fox Sports talk show host Colin Cowherd pitched a potential trade earlier this week that featured... Lamar Jackson and Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Thursday, February 9th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Brian Billick garnered a lot of positive attention for his brash and charismatic personality that really resonated with some of the Ravens' fan base. They even got some wondering why he was ever fired. So I'll revisit a conversation I personally had with Steve Bashotti himself on that crucial decision. Plus, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is reportedly still in play for Baltimore's offensive coordinator vacancy. More on the prospect of that just ahead. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, for some odd reason, there's been a fascination with Lamar Jackson eventually winding up as a Miami Dolphin. And aside from the fact that number eight is a native of Southern Florida, I can't quite figure out why this is the case. Perhaps it's because you got guys like Fox Sports talk show host Colin Coward suggesting trade proposals like this one to his massive audience. What if Baltimore just said, we'll swap Lamar Jackson and Tua? <laughs> Lamar goes to the Dolphins, and the Ravens get two and some picks. Some picks? You're going to need a lot more than some picks. Okay, I'm right. an MVP versus a guy who can't right. stay healthy. All right. Well, Baltimore drafts well. For the record, they draft and develop very well top of the 10 I, I think you're a little, you need to clear your head. Uh, the Tom Brady interview has you rattled. I mean, Tua and, and Lamar a no, trade, not, and then no. Mac Jones over <laughs> Russell Wilson. Coward. Really? That's the new me. All right. So needless to say here, but I'm with Jason McIntyre, who is Colin's co-host that you heard there. And if he just said this to garner a reaction out of us, I guess it worked. 
Coward's apparently still up in La La Land coming off his Tom Brady interview earlier this week. And even though he did have a playful smirk on his face throughout this entire segment, it goes without saying that Baltimore would have to receive much, much more than just Tua and, quote, some picks if they were willing to deal Lamar. Yeah, and Bobby, let's let's just do something for fun here. Should we compare the statistics between these two quarterbacks? You already know this. I hate that this is even a topic of conversation that we're spending time on, but why not? It's offseason, and we're still weeks away from free agency, so here goes nothing. Lamar just finished his fifth NFL season, as we know. He is 45-16 and 16 as a starter. He has a career completion percentage of 367 He's thrown 101 touchdown passes while running for 24 more. He's amassed over 12,000 passing yards and 4,400 plus rushing yards. And of course, last but not least, he is a former league MVP and two-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, for me, it starts and ends with him being 45 and 16 in his career as a starter. But let's go ahead. And let's stack this resume up against Tua's. Yeah, I certainly will. But just to be clear on one thing, uh, first and foremost, you know, this comparison game we're playing isn't meant to throw shade at Tua. We're just laying out the facts. And honestly, before Tua's concussion this past season, he was on pace for a career year and Miami was looking dangerous as we all saw that play out in the second half of week two in Baltimore earlier this year. But here are the numbers on Tua. He just finished up his third NFL season. He is 21-13 and 13 as a starter, has a career completion percentage of 65.7, but obviously has played in considerably less games than Lamar has at this point. He's thrown 52 touchdown passes and rushed for six more. He's also logged over 8,000 passing yards, but just 307 total on the ground and he's yet to make a pro bowl despite finishing 2022 as the nfl's passer rating leader so partner the unfortunate moral of the story on tua is that he hasn't proven to be durable enough for life in the nfl at this point in his career and this past season was downright terrifying honestly to watch as he dealt with those lingering concussion related symptoms that quite literally kept him in the protocols up until eight days ago meaning He spent more than a month sidelined by the league's concussion protocol. Yeah, Bobby, obviously we wish Tua the best, both for his career and his health, but this just isn't a player who would even remotely come close to being worthy of a straight-up swap for Lamar Jackson. So come on, Colin. Now, real quick, by the way, Bobby, as you know, right before we started recording, It seems as if Lamar might be trolling the NFL world again because we saw him post on Instagram a picture of himself, of course, in that beautiful purple. He's got on a Raven shirt. He's got on that Raven's shield chain while holding, get this, a full bag in his arms. Now, you know that fans are interpreting that as him securing a bag from the Ravens. And Bobby, as much as I'd love to say that that is the case, we would love that news. I just can't go there. I just can't read that much into an Instagram post. But you know, plenty other outlets will over the next 24 hours. You just wait. Still to come here on The Vault, though, we are revisiting your, you, Sarah, your sit-down conversation you conducted years ago with Ravens owner Steve Bashotti. Stay tuned.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So if you've watched ESPN's 30 for 30, Bullies of Baltimore, you either learned of or you were reminded about the massive personality that head coach Brian Billick had. He was not afraid to speak his mind whatsoever, and no moment showed that off more than after a regular season win against the Tennessee Titans in 2000. Respect a good opponent, okay? Make sure you do that, okay? Now, I want every f-ing camera turned off. Every, every one of them turned off. Turned off, okay? Right now, turned off. F- the Titans! <laughs> Yeah, and that was obviously far from his only memorable moment there. He had plenty of quotes that uh, resonated with people, and it's made some Ravens fans wonder why Billick was fired and if the team would have been better off keeping him for a while longer instead of hiring John Harbaugh. And Bobby, you and I were talking about this offline, and I had told you that I had personally interviewed Steve Bashotti to ask him why he made this move. Because I remember in the press conference when he announced Billick's firing, Bashadi said that he feared being wrong. And I get that sentiment because it's not like Billick was a failed coach whatsoever. He was a Super Bowl winning head coach that had 80 regular season wins under his belt at the time. Right, which is why I asked Bashadi why he felt the need for a change. And it really boiled down to two things. First, under Billick, the end of season results were very herky jerky. One year, they'd have a winning season, and the next, they'd have a losing season. And once Bashadi took over as the majority owner, the Ravens only had one playoff berth under Billick in four years. Okay, But the second reason, and perhaps the biggest, is that Bashadi wanted a new head coach because there was a massive divide in the locker room that he didn't feel like Billick was solving and maybe even fed into it. Here's what Bashadi told me back in 2017. I think those big personalities had spent, you know, the the better part of 10 years with a defense-dominated team. And I think that they naturally took the position that we win games and offense doesn't lose games. Mm. And that was a that was a really bad 
vibe. And the more our offense struggled, the more Rex and Ray and Ed uh, took the position that we're the ones that take chances. The offense runs the ball and then punts and then we create turnovers. <laughs> and it scores and, them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it produced a Super Bowl. And eight years later, in 2008, they were still of that mindset. Now, of course, Bashadi understood why those defensive figures felt the way they did. But as an owner, he knew he couldn't have a successful franchise consistently going forward without building up his offense. He knew this big brother talking down to little brother vibe wasn't going to work. And he felt like Billick kind of fed into that mentality by giving special treatment to those big defensive personalities. So that's what he hired Harbs to do, to fix that divide. And Bashadi knew it would not be easy, but he told Harbs to go and do it anyway. And I told him from day one, that will be your biggest challenge. Mm. It's not an indictment on Ed or Ray or John feeling his way. It's literally the passing of the torch and them having to take no for an answer, let's say. No, we're not going to view it through this prism anymore. Sarah, since the day Harbaugh arrived on campus, he's preached the team, the team, the team, right? Like that's not just lip service. That's what he learned growing up in college locker rooms with his dad coaching around the nation, including at Michigan. That mentality was and is in the family blood, and it's been the case from the jump in the Harbaugh crew. Yeah, exactly, Bobby. That's why Harbaugh was made for the job that Bashadi tasked him with. And a pretty cool moment I had when doing all these interviews for my podcast back then was this story from former Ravens Vice President Kevin Byrne telling me about the moment that Bashadi offered the job to Harbs. It says so much about two people. Okay. Steve Bashadi and John Harbaugh. First, for Steve to have the committee in the room, this is a special moment for the owner, you know, to pick his head coach and offer him the job. That, that historically has been private. I can't imagine other owners, including other people. Mm-hmm. So we're all sitting around the boardroom table and Steve's at the head. And remember, Ozzy's to his left and Dick is to his right. And I'm next to Ozzy, and we're talking about John. And finally, Ozzy just says, he's the guy, you know. And, and so Steve goes, well, what questions do we have about him? You know, so then room people are speaking up. The obvious is he's never been a head coach before. He's never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. Those are the normal routes to become an NFL head right. coach. And so that's the only mystery. Can he do it? Right. You know, and uh, so Steve says, well, why don't we bring him in? So he, they bring in John. And John's basically told, we have some reservations about you. And then how would you overcome the fact that you've never been a coordinator, <laughs> yeah. never been a Can't head coach, change that. even at the high school level? <laughs> right. And John, you know, as that John can get that bright-eyed, fresh look. He's got a great, energetic look when mm-hmm. he's got something he wants to say and his eyes light up and he goes, well, look at the people at this table. I will use all of this strength to make me a great head coach. And I will be a great head coach. I'm going to be a great head coach for somebody. But with the people in this room, I can be a great head coach here. And Steve said something like, 
Um, well, we believe you can. And you could see John's eyes kind of wander around the room. And then he looked over at Steve and he goes, are you offering me the job? <laughs> and Steve stands up and reaches his hand out to John, who is sitting to my right now, and between Ozzy and I, and Steve says, yes. And then John stands up and shakes his hand and says, well, then I'll accept it. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a powerful moment to be in there. Yeah. So I went back and I kind of reread to Steve Bishotti, John's sales pitch to kind of refresh his memory. And I got the owner's reaction years later. Sounds like John, doesn't it? It sounds exactly like John. Nothing's changed. And he did win. Nothing's changed. And he is still, nine years later, uh, an incredible team player, you know? Um, That's the thing that I have experienced in my life that uh, I see people that rise to the top never stop learning from their partners. And others get to the point where they think they know everything. And it's a very lonely job for John to have to uh, deal with that pressure and make those decisions. They say it's lonely at the top. That's a top job. He's got a great day-in, day-out partner in Ozzy. And he still looks to me for advice as kind of the fly on the wall. He knows that... I'm not caught up in the day-to-day and that I can give him a perspective that's completely different. And so we still enjoy um, scrimmaging, as Ozzy calls it, uh, as much as we ever did. Let me tell you, getting the job was the first obstacle for Harbs that he overcame. But actually pulling it off with all those strong-willed veterans was an even higher mountain to climb. I cannot tell you how much pushback he got. And I won't get into the details here, but I'll give you the teaser I put together back then for episode four of this podcast. If you didn't know it, it's called Man of the Crowd. And this fourth episode details the struggles Harbaugh had with players initially. You can Google it in the podcast and listen to the whole thing if you're interested. But here's that teaser. Ed, you either sit up or you can leave. Ed got up and just walked out. I was like, huh? He just walked out. (laughs) That is hilarious. Like this is my first time getting to see him. Like he gone. (laughs) I was like, man, this is what NFL is about. Reed was just the tip of the iceberg. Harbaugh also had to take on a locker room battle with Terrell Suggs, Jarrett Johnson and Ray Lewis, next week on Man of the Crowd. I think when John came in the, in the building, he was expecting a fight. It was getting really ugly at practice. So I just went over and I told him, I said, hey, that's enough. So we're a team. And that sideline kind of unleashed on me. And he's kind of you know, looking at me, I go, you want to go? You want to go right now? Rex was was our guy, you know, he, we were very loyal to him as he was very loyal to us. And we wanted him to get the job. Hard first got him, man. Oh, he was just like tough, way tough, tough. This is my team. You right. know, a new coach. I don't care if y'all older guys, this is my team. You know, we didn't like it at first, you know, like, yo, why you why you move me away from this guy? Why you move me away from that guy? And them having to take no for an answer, let's say. No, we're not going to view it through this prism anymore. And I told him that will be your biggest challenge. 
All right, Bobby. Well, we have gone back and forth on Eric the Enemy reports this week leading into Super Bowl weekend, but we're just honoring the news cycle. And that was the case given Wednesday's latest. Which was this from Adam Schefter on Twitter. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy remains a prime candidate for the offensive coordinator jobs with, one, the Washington Commanders, and two, the Baltimore Ravens per sources. And remember, Sarah, as you mentioned earlier this week, this report comes a day after Bieniemy himself shared that he hasn't taken any interviews for any OC openings, but he has interviewed for the Indianapolis Colts head coaching vacancy. So obviously that's a position he'd almost certainly take if it were to be offered, but there have been you know, conflicting reports. And remember, the Ravens or any other team for that matter cannot speak to Bieniemy for a potential opening uh, within the offensive coordinator jobs uh, until after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Bobby, it is well documented by now, but Bieniemy has reportedly had 16 head coaching interviews over the years, and nada, not one, has worked out to date. And on top of that, there's been a lot of talk about why he would consider taking a gig that's perceived as a, quote, lateral move to call plays in a place like Baltimore. Yeah, and I think some of that talk is fair, but when you consider that his contract runs up at the end of this season and knowing that double-digit interviews for head coaching positions haven't gone his way, to your point, it's reasonable to wonder if he's going to have to prove himself outside of Andy Reid's shadow in Kansas City to get to where he ultimately wants to be. Now, the Athletics' Jeff Zarebeck shed some light on that exact sentiment on Tony Lombardi's podcast, Word on the Street. Listen to this. I mean, don't you got to ask if you're him, is this is what we're doing really putting me in the best situation to get the, get the head coaching job I covet? Like, why, you know, like, so I, he doesn't have full-time play calling responsibilities. I think you saw in the Bengals-Chiefs game, it sure looked like Andy Reid, particularly in the key moments, was running the show. It sure looked like Patrick Mahomes was going right to Andy Reid during timeouts and during stoppages to go over stuff. And Andy Reid was the one in, in, in Patrick Mahomes' ear. So I think he's kind of – Andy Reid is is just heralded for his ability to call an offense and his design. He's unbelievable at it, one of the best ever. And and it just seems to be the enemies in that shadow where people kind of credit – Andy Reid for it, not him. And how do you get out of that? How do you you kind of get the respect you deserve or, or you feel like you deserve? I mean, you come to Baltimore and you turn around that passing offense and the Ravens have a top three type offense and, and they're still running the ball well, but yet, the, you know, Lamar's playing again like 2019 Lamar. I would have to think that reflects really well on you as an assistant coach, and that may get you back towards the top of these head coaching lists. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with Wednesday marking this same exact day in 1996 that the NFL officially allowed Art Modell to move his Cleveland franchise to Baltimore, leading to the creation of the Ravens. The franchise now has the third highest winning percentage in the NFL history, just behind the Packers and Cowboys. Elsewhere, there was also plenty of news coming out of the Super Bowl media sessions in Arizona, including a press conference with Commissioner Roger Goodell. Now, Goodell said it wouldn't surprise him if eventually 
Thursday night football was something that could be flexed. I don't think players or coaches will like that very much. Now, Goodell was also asked for his opinion on the state of officiating in the league, and he replied, quote, I don't think it's ever been better, close quote. Also, quarterback Derek Carr received permission from his current Las Vegas Raiders team to visit the New Orleans Saints. There's no official trade in the works at this time. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers told the Pat McAfee show that he's going to go on an isolation retreat where he will be in darkness for four days. He said he'll use that time to decide whether he will want to return to the NFL for another season. And finally, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said that while Patrick Mahomes isn't 100% healthy yet, he can do just about everything in the playbook. So if there was any doubt at all, we now know he is a go for Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com backslash Ravens Vault podcast. As you may know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll help us keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to our newest patron, Lauren Wonderlick. We'd also love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising, you can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be on the lookout for our salary cap special with Russell Street Reports' Brian McFarlane, which will be available later today.